Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Good to have you on the show, Jean. How are you doing today? I'm really good. What about you? I'm doing excellent. Let me just start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Yeah. Jean de Roclodor is the founder of Collective Work, a SaaS-enabled marketplace to enable any freelancer to create and run a collective. In 15 months, Collective Work has generated millions of dollars for their freelancers in terms of project value. And they raised recently one of their largest European seed round, which is around $8 million. Jean, explain to our listeners what a collective is and what's your value proposition? Yes, definitely. And uh, thanks again for having me on the mic. So we started actually collective one year and a half ago. And first statement was that like uh, freelancing has been skyrocketing over the past 10 years. And this is a trend that is set to keep growing within the next decade. But I guess you all know it already. What is new and what we've confirmed like every day since the start of the project is the willingness of freelancers to team up, to be part of a team, to uh, gather skill set, methodologies, networks, opportunities, and to work in a funnier environment and more fulfilling environment because by uh, teaming up, they are not alone anymore. And being alone is like a big challenge for freelancers. By doing so, thousands of freelancers are already uh, building some collectives, some studios, some squads, flash teams, liquid teams, freelancer communities and networks and so on and so forth. And it's very often like not structured and quite not conscious, but it's still very powerful for the market and uh, for companies at scale. By doing so, they build something which is more competitive than a traditional agency because it has uh, uh, no overheads, no uh, support staff. It's also more expert because it combines sharpened skills into uh, multi-specialist teams. It's also uh, flexible, agile, transparent, and human so that we are convinced collectives of independence can become the companies of tomorrow on condition that they are well uh, professionalized, well-tooled, and well supported. And that's exactly our mission with Collective. We build the very first infrastructure dedicated to collectives of independence to enable any freelancer from any geographies and uh, any jobs to join or create one or multiple collectives. And uh, through our infrastructure, the collective can uh, organize within uh, a single quote, manage a single invoice for the client, manage a single payment, split the payment through the members, through wallets, manage a single offer with some dedicated uh, public pages, case studies, manifesto and stuff, and manage a, a shared governance with the ability to make a, a decision as a team on pricing, on cooptation, hiring, naming of the collective and stuff. And we backed this infrastructure, SaaS infrastructure with a marketplace to uh, share client opportunities for the collectives and enable clients, companies to outsource their projects to thousands of collectives of freelancers. So our uh, vision in one sentence is to build corporation as a service 
shared across millions of collectives, natively born on collective, to become the largest service infrastructure worldwide. This is very interesting. So essentially, if I'm a company, instead of going and researching the market for different freelancers with different skill sets, I can come to your marketplace and there's collectives and I can work directly with those collectives, which saves me time and figuring out what skill sets I need, correct? Yes, that's totally correct. And with the SaaS that we are building, it's very easy because you receive only one quote, one invoice, one payment, working with multiple freelancers. So we uh, build the infrastructure that enables and simplifies the collaboration between many freelancers and one client. Amazing. So walk me through your thought process early on when you decided to do this company. How did you identify that there's a pain point in the market? Because this is a unique idea. We know there's a lot of freelancer markets like Fiverr, Upwork, but we don't have a collective. So how did the thought process early on determine that this is a pain point? Yeah, and that's actually fun because before finding a pain point or a problem, we found an opportunity, a treasury, basically, which is around the collective of freelancers. We saw a lot of freelancers willing to team up and willing to work that way. We found it very, very powerful for clients because more competitive, more expert, more agile, more transparent, more human and stuff like that. Because work, But working that way, without collective, there were a lot of pain points because freelancers... Um, working as a collective do not have a common structure. So if they want to work together with a client, they need to, to send like five contracts to the clients, five invoices each month, asks the client to do five payments. They do not know how to uh, value and promote their services together. And so uh, working as a collective without collective.work is like a nightmare. And our SaaS is like the back office dedicated to collectives to simplify the collaboration between a team of two, five, 10, even 20 people and a client willing to work with a team. That's a great uh, segue into my next question. So today, how many paying customers do you have? It's like 2,000 companies working with almost 1,000 collectives. Wow. That's a huge number. Do you remember your first paying customer? How yeah. did you convince them? That was a bit more than one year ago. So it was a company willing to outsource a developer project, a startup actually. And we uh, showcased our very first collective, which was a, a collective of developers. At that time, we didn't have in a, even a product. It was like a MVP, no code MVP, very uh, simple, very basic. We showcased the collective on a slide, basically. And we discussed with the client trying to identify the opportunity for him to work with the collective. And uh, we signed it. The project was around like 20K euros, I think. And we were like very happy. And uh, since then, a lot of clients came to the platform. A lot of collectives subscribed to collective. And that's like really, really, really cool. Great, great. Walk me through your early strategy to acquire your first 100 paying customer. What worked? What didn't work? What did you learn? Yeah. So we are really an inbound model because 
we have 100% of the supply of the freelancers coming inbound and almost 90% of the clients coming inbound. On the supply side, it's interesting because we have a lot of virality, viral effects, because we need to convince one freelancer to get five to 10 freelancers uh, down the line. Because when a freelancer creates his collective, he then sources in his network the freelancer he wants to team up and work with. So that's a lot of virality because uh, one and then 10. And we are a supply-driven model. It's because we have a lot of collectives which are well uh, structured, well uh, showcased, well positioned to the clients, well uh, ranked and well uh, classified that we can uh, help a lot of clients. So starting with a few collectives, we attracted a few clients and then it's like nurturing the network effects. And on your demand side, how do you attract your inbound leads? Do you have a sales motion in place? What sort of channel has worked no, for it's, you? it's essentially marketing. It's like uh, promoting, communicating, sharing the value prop across uh, uh, social media, uh, our networks, and so on and so forth. We have some uh, referrals and partnerships uh, loops, and we have a lot of product-led uh, growth because... Clients can uh, submit projects on collective, but collectives can bring their own clients on the platform to uh, leverage our SaaS features, a single quote, single invoice, single payment management system, case study building and stuff. We have a lot of clients coming uh, that way as well. If you were to share with us one growth hack that worked nicely for you to acquire early customers, do you have something in mind? What was cool that we did a lot of, how to say that, lead magnets. So sharing uh, high quality uh, numbers on LinkedIn and asking people if they can uh, comment the materials, the posts to get the materials. And that way, like we created a, a client database of like 10,000 uh, contacts in a few weeks. So that was good. Something was funny just after fundraising. I did a post on LinkedIn telling people I was uh, willing to share my slide deck and database, fundraising database with all numbers, all stuff like that. And a lot, a lot, a lot of people commented they were interested to see the data and uh, the slide deck. And uh, I shared this public information. And you can imagine that thousands of people looked at my slide deck with my vision, my value proposition, and uh, that's a great achievement in terms of uh, awareness because a lot of people uh, got to know a collective and what we are doing. That's a great strategy for sure. John, you were a successful consultant with McKinsey and Company a few years ago. What framework or strategic model have you used currently in your business that you learned at McKinsey? Uh, that's a good question. At McKinsey, so I, I did mostly uh, strategy and top line development. So commercial strategy, segmentation and stuff like that. And when it comes like to segment like our client uh, and prospect strategy, I am really used to do some metrics to position the client segments we want to focus on. So what types of industry we want to deep dive on? What is the market size of uh, those client pools? and stuff like that. So quite used to do some uh, segmentation to prioritize the companies we want to work on. That's a great one. Is it a two by two matrix or 
is it a little bit more complicated when you look at the segmentation? We often start with two by two metrics, metrics, and then we can add some other variables such as, uh, I don't know, the margin, uh, the EBITDA margin uh, for the industry. We can add like some, uh, the estimate of outsourcing versus uh, insourcing uh, spend in the industry and stuffs. So it can be uh, more complicated. Great. You raised recently around 7 million euros, one of the biggest rounds in, in Europe. Walk us through your strategy on how did you convince VCs to give you the money? How many rejections were there? How many did you reach out to? And what is the key metric that you showed to these investors to convince them that your business is an investable business? Yeah, and actually it went quite fast because we secured our first uh, term sheet in four days. I mean, from a, a VC lead that uh, eventually ended being our lead. What worked well? So we always started with the vision and what we want to create is something really, really new and really, really ambitious. We had already some traction on the numbers. So in absolute value, a lot of clients and a lot of collectives, but underlying metrics were really interesting. A lot of inbound, a lot of virality, a lot of velocity in the acquisition. So that was the key uh, metrics that we uh, underlined in the roadshow. And the product vision, of course, was really interesting because Collectives is really, uh, before all, a product. And uh, we had already an MVP that was uh, like great in terms of engagement and uh, signals that we had from the users. So basically, we told the good story from that and we managed, we secured the seed at that time. That's a very fast way to get 8 million. But congratulations. What are three principles you live by as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I would say um, really ambition. I always say uh, to my teammates, we need to target very high and uh, not to perform uh, low. <laughs> so always setting a lot of ambitions in what we do and what we uh, aim to, what we aim at. So that's one. The second is like, uh, look for difference in everything we do, our communications, our product, our design. We try to look for difference and make it like innovative. So that's one, uh, very important value and, uh, principle I have, uh, and I try to, uh, leverage, uh, with collective. And the third would be like, I would say hard work, but like play hard, work hard, play hard. So we try to really, really, uh, put the good efforts to perform and to succeed in what we do together. And so that's one value we have uh, at Collective. What is one book you would recommend to a friend who's starting his business? I don't have a specific idea top of mind. I read especially philosophy and uh, Roman. So I'm not sure I would have some business uh, books to recommend, <laughs> to be honest. No problem. Is there any productivity hack that you currently use? Not much. I'm not too much into productivity and those stuff. I don't have even a to-do list. Excellent. Jones, thank you for being part of our show. We wish you the best of luck. This was a great episode. How can people reach you? Jean at collective.work. Thank you for your time. Have a great day, Jean. Thanks a lot. 
Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 